Today's episode of Chicken Dinner is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming and the champions of the world. The brand-new Lawnmower 4.0, you got to get it because smoothness is everything. Look at the Stanley Cup final. Hockey all about smoothness. The stick, the skates, even the ice. You know, after every 20 minutes on the ice, the Zamboni comes up, smoothens out the ice because you got to be tight when it matters. And you should do the same thing for the goods. Lawnmower 4.0 has everything you need, 90 seconds or less. You're done, and the ladies will love it. Don't shave with that same trimmer you use with your face. Come on, you know better than that. I got a promo code for you, Bach, B-A-W-K. You know the Bach, 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 Bach. Manscaped.com, promo code Bach, B-A-W-K. Take care of business. You are looking live at chicken dinner. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. I think I'll take two chickens. Go on riverboat gambling trips. You're going to die for some chickens. Hey, what's your chicken dinner? Someone is. It was feathers yesterday. There was no chicken. What you got riding on this game? My daughter. What a gambler. It's chicken dinner. Hey, Babalugas, we got a bet here. Here's your host, Sam Panianovich. It's called Winner Winner Chicken Dinner right there, boys. <laughs> Let's get this thing going. Winner Winner Chicken Dinner. How about that? Away we go. Chicken dinner Thursday, July 1st, 2021. Happy 4th of July weekend, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at ChickenXDinner, Instagram at ChickenDinnerSP, and subscribe to the show. Smash that button. You get the podcast once it goes live. I actually got a couple messages on Instagram. I don't post on Instagram. I never really do or did for that matter. But I have been sharing a couple things. Like when somebody tags me, I usually share it. It's like, wow, look at you getting into Instagram. Not really. Maybe I should. I probably won't. I don't know. At Chicken Dinner SP, if you feel like following on Instagram. Nothing like a last-minute, good old-fashioned info bomb at 9.45 in the morning that moves the market two full runs in 30 minutes. These don't happen often, but when they do, as you've come to know over the last, I don't know, 12 months or so, there's a difference between info and just making a pick or a bet. I got a message about 9.38, 9.39 East Coast. Hey, get this total before we move it two points. And I said, all right. And that's the first thing I do. Hang up the phone. Boom. Tweet at Chicken Next Dinner. We sent that total out, Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, under nine and a half plus a hundred. Within ten minutes, it's eight and a half. Within a half an hour, it's seven and a half. I did the best I could. And still got lucky to win that game. But you don't see moves like that. And I'm not taking responsibility. I didn't move it with my money, but I know people that did. And I think some of you are well aware I haven't sent out a college World Series bet all season. You get something like that, I get it, you release it. Unfortunately, some people chased it. They went under eight and a half. They went under eight. You can't do it. If you miss the move, you got to sit on the sidelines. But people get so excited, they want to be a part of it. Well, if he likes it under nine and a half, he probably likes it under eight and a half. No, I don't. If you miss the move, you got to sit it out. Some people went under nine and a half and over seven and a half. I saw the final three plays of the game. I flipped it on in the ninth inning. I thought it was a loser. 
How many errors were in that? I looked at the box score. It was like three or four errors, a million walks, a bunch of home runs. Vanderbilt didn't have it. Rocker, that kid that's supposed to be a first-round pick. But the money told the story, and in about a half an hour, a baseball total moved two runs in the final game of the College World Series. Hopefully you cash a ticket under 9.5, or you pushed at 9. I hope you didn't chase. I never want you to chase. We used to get these messages during the basketball season when we'd hit Bryant over 154. Do you still like it at 160? No. You got to get the right number. And Alex Smith is the GOAT in hockey. I don't care what anybody says. That guy last year took us on a cash ride with the first period overs. Stanley Cup final between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Dallas Stars. I was thinking first period this year again, over or under. Nah, he said, we're going second period over. And through two games in the Stanley Cup final with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens, we have gone over one and a half goals in the second period. First game, there should have been four or five. Game two, I would have argued you could have seen eh, three, but all that matters is that you get over one and a half. And Alex actually just tweeted before I started taping the show, here's the market for game three. Second period over. BetMGM, one and a half over, minus 20. DraftKings over, minus 121. Rivers, over, minus 121. William Hill, over, minus 125. Nothing yet at FanDuel. Offshore shops up tomorrow. If you're looking at this, I'm almost positive we're going to ride it again tomorrow. I ask him, he says yes, we fire. So I'm going to wait until I get confirmation, but I'm going to guess that we'll be on the second period over in game three. And if you have minus 20, lay minus 20. Don't wait. Don't take minus 125, minus 130. So that's what I know. But it was a great Wednesday. It'll be a chill Thursday. Probably be back to work Friday with that second period over in the National Hockey League. Love to sweep the board, though. And both games could have gone either way. That baseball game certainly could have gone over nine. I think it was nine nothing after six, or maybe they scored the ninth run in the seventh. So you're sweating that shit out. A lot of errors, though. But then again, you got the right number, you're a winner. All right, we got to talk about Sportsbook Boost because um, those of you who have seen, I've been going back and forth with DraftKings. They're blaming their promotions intern for picking the bad boost. Do you really think the intern is picking the boost? Really? You know that when a boost doesn't hit, it's good for the bottom line of the casino or the sports book for that matter. When a book goes, all right, we're going to boost the Phoenix Suns from minus 220 to plus 100 on the money line. And everybody's like, wow, now I get the favorite. All they got to do is win. They're a five-point favorite. They're minus 220. Wow, plus 100. More people are going to bet on the Suns than they were before the boost because they think they have an edge. I see people like, well, if you bet 100 boosts that were minus 260, that should be – the boost hit at like 30%. How are you justifying and defending 30%? Well, it's good value. I don't give a shit if you're minus money. 
the last five boosts, I think, at DraftKings have all lost. And they're like, we'll uh, give you your money back on Giannis, which you don't have to do. I think it's funny when books refund money. They gave you a good deal. You got screwed, but a bet is a bet. Most Vegas books will never give a refund. And we've talked with the guys from Circa and Westgate. They don't do boosts. They give you good odds. They give you a minus 10 or they give you, you know, a fair shake. They're giving you good splits on hockey and baseball. They give you no juice sometimes. They don't need to woo you with promotions or boosts. I just don't. I, a lot of things have been boosted, and it's always amazing because the majority of the boosts lose. There's no way the boosts make the customers money. There's no way. They wouldn't do it. Do you think a sports book that is in the business of making money is going to consistently and continuously give you free money? They'll dangle a carrot every once in a while. Here's a a free $100 bet. Here's another promotion. We're going to jack this from, you know, minus 115 to plus 115. Okay, like that's, that's cool. But when they boost stuff from, you know, two to one to four to one, Five to one to ten to one. That shit ain't winning. I think my favorite promo, there's a difference between a promo and a boost, mind you. A boost is when they hand select a certain bet for you to pick. And it's like, wow, look at this great deal. The best promo I have seen was at points bet for the entire 2020 NFL season. Actually, they may have stopped it halfway through the season. I don't remember because I know a lot of sharp people that were making a lot of money. If you were to bet the NFL sides, sides only, not totals or money lines, points bet was giving you even money sides on Saturday only in the NFL. So if you had games you liked the following day, you could bet them at points bet at even money all day long until you were out of money. And the best part is they were letting you parlay those even money sides. Go ahead. Pop in three parlay plays. At plus 100. See what the odds do. We know that a three-team parlay at minus 110 makes you 6-1. to one. Go look at what a three-team parlay at plus 100 pays out. Well, it's only 10 cents a side. Look at the math. When the minus turns into a plus, the odds explode. So there were people that were parlaying three sides at plus 100, and they were, they were making a lot of money. That is a good promo because they're giving you the option. Here's the NFL board. Take any side you want and bet it at plus 100. That's a great deal. It didn't last long because people were taking advantage of it. But when they give you the boost, all right, you got to get Trey Young's points over and Collins' rebounds over and Kevin Herter's free throws over, we're going to boost it from X to Y. They're calculated in the decision to make the boost. And the boost makes money for the house. When you win the boost, you're a part of the club. Sweet. When you lose the boost, well, I got a good deal. Think about it. And I, I honestly, I was waiting for DraftKings to go back at me one more time. Because my response would be, all right, DraftKings, post a spreadsheet of your last 500 boosts. And let's see how much money they lost. They'll never do it. They'll never, ever, ever, ever do that. That will never happen. None of these books do it for that matter. I know they track it behind the house, but they're not going to advertise, hey, 
Before we tell you what the boost is tonight, these are uh, these are only hitting at uh, 28%. But hey, we're going to boost this from 2 to 4 to 1. Oh my God, what a good deal. And it's going to lose either way. Doesn't matter if you had 2 to 1 or 4 to 1. Don't justify your boost with the value you got. And remember, the boosts are a part of this racket to get you to think you have a good deal. If they give you an a la carte boost, hey, boost whatever you want, cool. If they specifically select a certain boost, there's a reason for it. That's all. That was long-winded. I didn't have a script on that. You just fly off the cuff. Most boosts are bullshit. These NBA playoffs, they've been extremely tough to watch. Jeff Sherman tweeted the other day, the NBA playoffs war of attrition, and that's exactly what it is. These bookmakers don't know what to do because none of these players are on the floor. Yesterday at 8.30 Eastern, Sherman tweeted out, NBA attrition championship winner updated. And this is before the game, obviously. Suns 4-5, to five, Bucks 7-2, to Hawks 5-1, to one, Clippers 8-1. to one. Clippers obviously are gone, so we have new odds. But somebody asked me the other day, what do you think? How do I hedge my future on X? I'm like, honestly, I have no idea anymore. Who's playing? If you're a bookmaker, how do you possibly make Atlanta, Milwaukee without Giannis and Trey Young? They're guessing. But here's the thing. We're guessing too, but we lay minus 10. They're guessing and they're booking minus 10. So the edge, as always, is with the house. I have no idea where to even start with this game tonight. Market open, Milwaukee minus four and a half. Got down to two, all the way down to two. I had a bookmaker tell me that somebody laid a massive bet on the Milwaukee Bucks for over 100,000 minus two and a half. A lot of the books now are at three. I still have no idea. I, I have no edge, guys and gals. I don't, and I have no problem saying that. I thought the best play was the total under, but that opened 220, and now it's 215. And even that, we don't do we even know if Trey or Giannis are playing. <laughs> it's impossible to handicap. You are throwing darts in this game tonight. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, wow, you know what? You should really take Atlanta. No, you should. I, I'm not going to tell you either way. Just pass, move on. But these playoffs stink. I got a lot of Chris Paul all over the timeline last night. Chris Paul. What great journey for Chris Paul. Amazing to see him finally get to the finals. They beat the Lakers. LeBron's on one leg. Davis couldn't play. They beat the Nuggets without Jamal Murray. And then they beat the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. I I like Chris Paul a lot, but if this is a full deck postseason, the Suns aren't going to the NBA Finals. I hate to break it to you. I'm not a hater. I'm just a realist. Well, they were the two seed. Half the teams don't even care about the regular season. Do you really think Chris Paul and the Suns would have gotten through a healthy Lakers team or a healthy Nuggets team or a healthy Clipper team? In a row, I could see one or two out of three, but three in a row? Mm, No, no. Big underdogs, big underdogs with that math. You only play who's in front of you. I get it. But these playoffs, especially the last two rounds, they suck. And I don't think we have an edge. If everybody's at full strength, it's a lot easier to handicap. 
but there's no math or formula behind handicapping the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. We're guessing. I mean, there's a relative number. Kawhi's worth five, six points or so. Could be less, could be more. There's no exact science. It's, it's tough. It's tough. I don't think there's an edge in a lot of these postseason games. Hopefully Giannis or Trey will be fine. Whichever team goes to the NBA final, Suns are pretty much at full strength. And you have to make Phoenix obviously the favorite now because they're in the finals. But I, don't, I have, for the first time in a long time, I have no idea where to even start with the NBA championship market. I don't like any of these teams to win the title. <laughs> and I have no problem admitting that. We got lines up for week one in college football, so Bet Online was first to post on these numbers. And Dave Mason always quick to drop the link in there. And I, I think it's great to have these up on June 30th. Nebraska minus nine against Illinois. That was the open. Boise State plus three and a half against UCF. Ohio State minus 14 against Minnesota. I think that number is way too high. We'll talk more college football as we get closer. I'm high on Minnesota this year. They bring back a lot, a lot of offense. So I didn't check the updated lines. Notre Dame minus 9.5 against Florida State. Georgia plus 3.5 against Clemson. Bama minus 18 against Miami. Penn State plus 4 against Wisconsin. You can bet this stuff now. And I promise you a lot of those markets are going to move quite a bit. Didn't get a chance to dive too deep into that. Been a lot going on this week here in Boston. But I think it's awesome to be able to at least have a market for college football in late June, early July. There's one presidential candidate I'm really thinking about making a position on. So if any of you are going to London anytime soon, uh, hit your boy up. These are at Ladbrokes in the UK. Odds on the 2024 presidential election. Kamala Harris is the favorite, 7-2. Joe Biden, 4-1. Donald Trump, 7-1. Ron DeSantis, ding, 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 12 to 1. I think that's the play, given the number. I think a lot of us around this country are ready for the world to go back to normal. Some of you want to hide under the bed forever, that's fine, and worry about the Delta variant or the next variant or whatever. A lot of us want to go back to work. We want to make money. We want to live our lives. We want to be free. And I don't think anybody symbolizes that more in this field than Ron DeSantis. Trump, no. I, I'm I'm out on Trump. DeSantis, though, that guy is going to be a player. I don't know if he's presidential candidate or vice presidential candidate. He's going to be on the ticket one way or the other. And at 12 to 1 right now, that's a pretty decent shot. I had somebody tell me, well, I, I want at least 15. <laughs> okay, but you're not going to get 15. I think by the time we get to 2022 or even 2023, Ron DeSantis will be about 6-1 to one to be the president. There's a long way to go. And some people, you know, well, do you want to tie up your money that long? Depends on the price. Depends on the bet. I'm not going to make that bet at the Westgate where it's asking you, you know, will Patrick Mahomes or the Chiefs win another Super Bowl in the next 10 years? Or will I can't remember the number. I think it was one and a half Super Bowls. 
until 2031, so they have to win two more. I'm not going to tie my money up for 10 years plus, but this is a market, the election market for the president. This thing will move drastically. Remember, in February of 2020, Joe Biden was 10 to 1 to be elected. He's in the White House, so it can't happen. That was before, actually, it may have been before February. It might have been about December or January, before the purge. I can't remember when the purge happened, when they took all those Dem candidates and kind of squeezed them out so that they can create the Biden and Harris ticket. Biden at that point, before the purge, was 10 to 1. I think DeSantis at 12 to 1. We talk about right team, right player, right price, right candidate, right price. I would be surprised if Ron DeSantis isn't a player in the next year, year and a half. So at 12 to 1, I'd bet a nickel on that. But I have to fly across the pond. You can't bet on this stuff in America yet, which is silly. I mean, you could bet on European politics in Europe. You could bet on UK politics in London. But we can't yet bet on American politics in America. The handle would be larger than the Super Bowl. And remember, this is a four-year thing. You can start betting on the next election after the previous election is over. So you've been able to bet on stuff like this since, what, January 2021? And you'll bet on it until the election in 2024. A lot of money going into that pot. And my guy would be Ron DeSantis. I'm not getting into the politics of it. I'm just trying to peg the candidate I believe will rise. And that's Ron DeSantis at 12 to 1. Last thing, I saw a tweet from the Frege yesterday, Elliot Friedman, who covers hockey very well. Quote, there are rumblings Chicago is working on a potential Duncan Keith trade to either the Pacific Northwest or Western Canada. Word is Keith and team are working together to get him to a place he wants to go. We will see how this plays out. And it just, you know, when you're in the eye of the storm, you don't realize sometimes what's going on around you. I, I was so lucky to cover that Chicago Blackhawks dynasty, and it was a dynasty. I don't care that they didn't win back-to-back cups. They won in 10, 13, and 15. I got out of college in 2012, and I started with that team after the lockout. So the first team I ever covered in Chicago day-to-day was the Chicago Blackhawks. And you're talking about multiple Hall of Famers. Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Marion Hossa, Joel Quenville behind the bench. You had tremendous role players, Patrick Sharp, Corey Crawford, Nick Jalmerson. That team was loaded. And you don't realize how amazing they are in the moment. Yeah, they're winning cups, but you really, until you get five years out and think about what was compared to what is, and that Blackhawks organization is a mess right now. You know what's going on around there with all the allegations and all that going to be bad. It'll be a bad couple months on the west side of Chicago for that franchise. But a lot has changed. Patrick Kane's still an amazing player. He could play five more years in the NHL. I still think he's top three or top five in the league. But you see Tave's statement yesterday about his immune disease. Who knows if, I mean, who knows what the future holds for him. Crawford's retired. Seabrook's been retired. You got Keith in trade rumors. Patrick Sharp's looking handsome as ever on TV during intermissions on NBC Sports. 
Hosa is off God knows where in Slovakia. And Q is coaching the Florida Panthers. I remember that 2010 Blackhawks team. I was 21 years old. They were before the season, they were 10 or 12 to 1 to win the cup. In 13, they were 7 to 1 before the season. And then in 15, I want to say they were 5 or 6 to 1. I wish I would have had money on those guys. I wish. I didn't. But that was a special group. And when you see in one day the rumors about Duncan Keith being traded and Jonathan Taves making a video statement about his health and the concerns he had, and it may be COVID-related, you realize that it's over. It has been over, but sometimes you realize that it's really, really over. And I look back at those years, 2010 through 20, even 16, that team was fun to be around. They were tremendous at their craft, and they were a damn good hockey team. Joining us on Chicken Dinner, you may have heard this gentleman over the past couple of football seasons on Chicken Dinner. He's the morning co-host of Angie Taylor on Rock 95.5 Chicago. I've known him, God, almost 10 years now when we went back to our WGN radio days. And he is the voice of Tree Bark Falafel, Mr. Abe Cannon. Hello there, Sam. I was trying to remember how we started putting Tree Bark's picks on the show. Well, I think so. I did a thing called the best bet of the week, and I think I won like five or six in a row. And I think you liked my tree bark falafel character that I did prank calls with. So you're like, hey, could tree bark do picks? I'm like, all right. <laughs> and that was it, I think. You started on fire, too. You won seven of your first eight, and people are like, who the fuck is this tree bark falafel? <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. My strategy usually is I just pick the game that looks like a trap game and then I just go with the opposite. So if there's a game that looks too good to be true, I always take the opposite. And then that that was my strategy for a long time. How many voices can you do, by the way? When I when I was doing like tons of prank calls, I was probably doing like 25, 30 different characters. Who's the crackhead guy? I can't remember his name. Hey, I swing some ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> Cokehead Marty. The laugh is so loud, I can hear your mic going in and out. People are wondering, like, who is this guy? Don't worry, we're going to talk about sports betting because Abe has been the guy that has been telling me for years that when a sports book boosts something, it's total bullshit. But I want to, just for a second, give you the dance floor here because you started in radio at what? Was it 18 or 19 years old? Uh, I was 19. I started uh, at Q101 in Chicago. And got to work with Howard Stern, met a lot of cool people, did a lot of cool shit. How many times have you been either fired or purged? Every station. Every station, I've lost my job, usually not because of me, usually because they flip formats or something weird, but every station, I've lost my job. Everyone. I seem to find something quick afterwards for the most part, so yeah. every job, I've either they flip formats or something happens. I Right now, I'm in the greatest spot I think I've ever been in. And this is like the exact station I've wanted. Like, this is the exact situation I've been waiting for. So it's like I had to like crawl. Through. It's like in Shawshank Redemption, Andy crawling through shit to come clean on the other side. That's how I feel right now, kind of. Well, you guys are having a lot of fun. And I remember you told Angie to call me. 
there are numbers for everything now. And at that point in time, the hot story in Chicago was, hey, Russell Wilson is favored. If he leaves Seattle, he's going yeah. to Chicago. Isn't it funny how many things we can bet on right now? Because this is not like it was. You know, 10 years ago, you had side money line total, and you could maybe parlay and tease. Now you can bet on anything. Yeah, and live live gambling in the middle of a game has changed a lot. I don't. Do you get into that a lot or no? I don't do it because it's dangerous. Yeah, it's too dangerous. You're right, but I mean, if I'm like right now, I just I just bought a condo like a few months ago, so I put all my money into that. So I have like I I don't have any money that I'm like happy to gamble with right now. But when I'm when I have money that I don't care about, that's the kind of stuff that I like doing because it's like my favorite is will they get a field goal here a turnover or a touchdown remember that bet that's you could just do that all day um i love that bet because it's a lot of the time it's just a punt and then you just get paid so depending on the team you could really make a lot of money off those kind of bets especially if you were betting against cam newton and the patriots offense last year oh the yeah punt had to be minus 500 Oh, yeah, or the turnover like that. You know what's the worst? When you put a bet in and then you can't get it. Like, I put in a bet, I remember, on that, and I put in turnover. It was, like, plus 800 on that drive, and I didn't get the bet in. The next play was a turnover. Oh, the delay, too. The delay screws with you because you're watching the game usually on about a 20 or 30-second delay, and the sports book is operating off the live feed. So even though you're right and you're not really cheating – you're getting screwed there by a delay. That's really all that's happening. Well, is it really a 20 to 30 second delay? From the feed on the campus or at the stadium in the NFL, yes. Wow. From the live play to the actual viewership moment on the screen, it's anywhere from, I've been told, at least 20 to 30 seconds. Oh, my God. I never realized that. Which is why a lot of these companies have really been cautious with live betting because at first I had guys tell me it was the Wild West. They would be 30 to 60 seconds late to update the live feed. And I'm talking about the people behind the counter at the book. Oh, wow. So if you combine all that, you combine the original delay with being a bumblefuck and being 30 seconds late, now you give a sharp better a whole minute to get down. Wow. So – they have really ironed out the way the live stuff works. Yeah, I don't do much, man. There's, There's been a couple experiences I've had. You know, you take an underdog, say they're getting seven and a half or eight. You get a good number. Market closes six, goes through the seven. You got a great number. They're down yeah. 21 to nothing. And then I'm <laughs> like, well, they're not going to lose by 17. They're not yeah. going to lose by 28. They're not going to lose by 45. And you chase the dead team down the chute. And then they lose 52 to three. You lost everything. <laughs> exactly. I remember. So, do you, you know, the, the offshore sites, you know, it seems like no one uses those anymore, at least not here. I mean, now that you could just gamble legally, what's the point? But I remember one of those offshore sites had, you know, Ice Cube's basketball tournament. The big three. Yeah. So all the games on there were pre-recorded or, or they, they aired on TV later and they had those games up, but they were already recorded. So I was at the game and I was like, it said like whatever, like the, the Trinity or whatever the teams were called or the bumble fucks or whatever. And like, they're like, okay, the Trinity is playing at seven tonight. And I, I'm sitting there at the game, the Trinity won by 20 points and they're like minus three or whatever. And I'm like, all right. And I made all these bets and then they, whatever they, they took the bets, but then I didn't get paid. I think it was like Bavada. 
or Bodog. One of one of those. I don't know. Bodog. Whoo! There's a there's a blast from the past. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been I've been gambling on these sites like party. I I mean, I play mainly poker, but like I was on party poker. I was on full tilt. I was on ignition. Are these all R. Kelly songs? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I was, it's, it, you know, it's the worst part. My biggest regret in gambling is that on all these sites, I was dealing with straight Bitcoin when Bitcoin was like $400 a coin and you have to cash in and cash out with Bitcoin. So if I would have just kept my $400 in there right now, that 400 would be worth 40. Every 400 would be worth $40,000 right now. Wow. But of course I didn't back then. I'm like, I got to get rid. Like, I'd, I'd sell the Bitcoin immediately. So I'm like, what am I going to do? With, like, it, it just felt like not real money. It was just a means to play on these shady websites. I feel like you've been talking to me about bet boosting for over a year, closer to two years. But I could only go back so far in our text thread on my laptop. I only keep text on my phone for 30 days, for that matter. Yeah. Because it just all of a sudden your phone starts short circuiting when you don't delete text and stuff. <laughs> but I went back and I found a couple examples. My favorite one, I believe, is when DraftKings boosted Rory McElroy to make the cut. Yep. And I think this is at the Masters. Yeah. So they moved him from minus six seventy to plus a hundred. And I told you he's not making the cut. I told you. I sent it to you. I said, <laughs> That was Bet your first this. reaction. You go, hey, whatever you got on Rory to miss the cut, take it. I go, what are you talking about? Because I wasn't really paying <laughs> attention to the boost because I always I always learn from Vegas bookmakers that, oh, by the way, don't ever do boosts on anything. They told me years ago, boosts are bullshit. It's promotional. Yeah. It's about marketing. It's letting you come on in, take your shoes off, feel good, win a bet, and then you dump more into the yeah. account. So the boosts come and go, and the limits aren't high. But you had been tracking this long before the Masters. How about Gonzaga? Gonzaga, they boosted Gonzaga minus four and a half or whatever it was. They got blown out. They took Gonzaga from minus four to plus four or something like that. It was right? something crazy. Or, or, I don't remember what it was. Actually, I could tell you exactly what it was. So <laughs> so they made it for plus four and a half. Okay, so Gonzaga got plus four and a half points at a plus 100 odds. Right, but they were favored in the game. They were a three or yeah. four point favorite. So DraftKings moved yeah. it all the way through zero to plus four and a half <laughs> yeah. and gave you plus a hundred. And I'm like, this is way too fishy. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. Like it's everyone thought Gonzaga was gonna win that game. I have a text from Abe Cannon actually that reads Gonzaga is fucked. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> And then I think it was, yeah, here we go. I sent you this text on April 29th. Tim Tebow to catch a touchdown pass from Trevor Lawrence next yeah. season. Got boosted from 10 to 1 to 15 to 1. And you're like, yep, that ain't winning. <laughs> <laughs> and not, and not, and did, did, did Tebow get released this week or something? Not yet, but they're pretty much phasing him out already. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes... When a book, and I'll use the recent example because I've been fighting with DraftKings for the last three days, essentially telling them boosts are mostly bullshit, and they've lost three in a row, including the Giannis double-double boost. 
Oh my God. That's the one too. And and you even said, you're like, man, this one, there's no way it could lose. And they then I'm killed like, Giannis. Eh. They killed him. You're like, they killed him, <laughs> which they, he was two rebounds away. And then he, I don't know if that they're, what are they saying? It's a strained knee or something now. Like he might come back, but he might, these it didn't look good to me. Sucked though. Everybody's getting hurt. Yeah. I mean, it didn't look good to me. And, uh, yeah, he didn't. He didn't get a Giannis, who averages a double double, did not get the double double. And then, and then DraftKings actually, to their credit, they paid everyone on that bet. Well, they had to, otherwise they were going to have people show up to headquarters and burn it down. Because <laughs> it looks like they set up Giannis, like it was like a Nancy Kerrigan, uh, Tanya Harding situation. When the boosts lose, the book wins. And you oh, have yeah. to understand that as the customer, they can give you a bad beat refund, or they can pay out. John Rahm to win golf tournament X when he gets COVID or whatever. I think it's hysterical, the act and the front for DraftKings to go, oh man, we're going to pay you out. We feel bad for you. It's better for business when the boost loses. Oh yeah. But here's the thing. They used to just give you money. Like if you go on points bet or you go, you go on all of them, they'll just give you a hundred dollars. Right? So now they figured, you know what? We want to give you a hundred dollars anyway. But now it's like this, quote, boost that seems like you can't lose. So if you win, it doesn't matter because they give out free money anyway. So it's just a cost of business. And then, and then if, if you lose, now they just made a ton of money on top of that. So it's a win. Even if you win or lose on a boost for them, it's a win-win. That $100 or $200 or $500, whatever yeah. it is to sign up. Hey, Abe, come on in. We're going to roll out the red carpet. We're going to give you a $500 free bet. The average gambler is worth a thousand dollars a month. Oh yeah. So okay, I'll give you three hundred or five hundred or maybe hey, psst, I'll give you a thousand. I'll give you a oh, thousand. Yeah. That thing You're Barstool does. You're worth twelve thousand to them. Yeah. Well, Barstool and sports uh, and points bet they give you a thousand. It's like hey, if you lose, we'll give you another thousand dollar bet. Like they don't care. It's like that just shows you how much money they win. They don't. They don't care. And it's all just about, about the customers, customers. getting yep. customers. That's it. That's what it's all about. So now, yeah, but these boosts, these boosts though are not for new customers. These are for people who are old, like you're already a customer. But they give people money. Like I'll get emails all the time from like Fanduel. Hey, we have twenty five dollars for your account. So if you could bet a max of twenty five dollars on some of these boosts that seem like you can't lose, it's just like them giving you the money anyway. So they don't care. Yeah, that's a good point too. I just I think the. Uh... <laughs> I think it's been hysterical, too, that they (laughs) – going into that Suns-Clippers game, when the Suns are a five-point favorite at home. Oh, my God. They're minus 220. The Clippers are a five-point dog. They're about plus 170, plus 180. Yep. They come out and go, all right, all right, everybody, you guys pick who we're going to (laughs) boost. Who do you think they're going to boost? The Suns minus 220 or the Clippers plus 180? They're going to take the favorite from minus 220 to plus 100 every time. I honestly, I love DraftKings because they give you a lot of stuff. Like, I, I, I don't blame them. This is people are stupid. Like, people, d- dumb people are going to guide them to do stupid shit like this. So I don't blame DraftKings for any of this. I mean, I think it's great that they're paying off that. They don't. They shouldn't even pay off that Giannis bet. They should teach people a lesson. They're basically telling you when they put out a boost to bet the opposite. But people are so thirsty, they can't help themselves. And I love to take it back to Chicago, that boost that, I think it was William Hill or it was FanDuel. They had a boost in Illinois for Illinois clients only. 
big letters. <laughs> We're going to boost Nick Foles from 3 to 1 to 6 to 1 to throw for three touchdowns, 400 yards and get a blowjob at the 50-yard line. You know, it's like it's not going to happen. None of it's yeah. going to happen. Well, that's the thing. That's the target audience. Yeah. It's not anyone who knows anything. I mean, they're they're just those are the people they're going for and those are the people that make those and then, and your normal person when they see a boost, they can't help themselves. They're thirsty. It's like, here's a bag of gold. It, this is like, oh, are the Patriots going to be, or whatever, is Tom Brady's team, whether it's the Patriots or Tampa, are they going to cover this? And whatever they say, you just do the opposite. Just always do the opposite and you'll be fine. It goes back to my original theory of the best bet of the week, right? I look at all the games and there's always a game that makes no sense. It's like, why do they have like the Jaguars? Why are the Jaguars only plus two against Tampa. Why? It makes no sense, right? And then the then the Jaguars will win. It always happens that way. I mean, look at the games. It always happens that way. The game that makes no sense. And then and then when you're picking games by the way, you look like a genius, right? Because if you took some shit team to beat a great team and you say they're going to win outright when they're like a 12-point favorite, the other team's a 12-point favorite, you look like a genius. So it works out great if you're making picks and telling people your picks because if you get that right, they're like, oh, my God, this guy's a genius. I have two more gambling questions and one personal question. We can fly through these. Yep. Why should I bet over seven and a half wins for the Chicago Bears? Uh, you shouldn't unless well, – well, number one, I think you should because people are forgetting it's a 17-game season now. So they still could be under 500 and you could win that bet. They could be eight and nine and you win. So seven and a half now it's kind of like six and a half if, in a way. So I think I think they could win. I think even with Andy Dalton they could win that many games. No, I mean I don't want Andy Dalton. I I I've been fighting that he should not play at all. I would love to just. I wish they would have never signed. We could have kept Kyle Fuller with his ten million dollars. But I think the Bears could. Don't forget the Bears made the playoffs last season. What were they eight and eight last year or nine and oh, seven? They I can't sucked remember. Last year, but you're right. I mean, they made the playoffs last year with Nick Foles, who was trash, Mitch, who was trash, and who was our third? Didn't we have a third quarterback in there too? I forget his name. He's irrelevant. If you look at since Jim McMahon, who I, Jim McMahon's my favorite player ever, but he wasn't the greatest quarterback in the grand scheme of things. He was good, but since Jim McMahon, it's been shit. The Bears' quarterbacks have been shit for thirty-five years. It's been trash. Over under, Joey Chestnut, seventy-three and a half hot dogs. What what was what's his all time record? You know he had seventy five last year. Mm. I'm gonna say over because it seems like he's well with COVID. You know what? I think I think this is under this year. I think this year will be under. Did you just pretzel yourself live on chicken dinner? <laughs> you went over and then under. Are you sure? I need a final answer, Regis. I'm gonna say under. I I changed my mind because it, his so the all time record seventy five and a half. He had 75 world record last year. Okay, and you're saying over or under 73 and a half? That's the number right now, 73 and a half. There's juice to the over, but remember, he sort of zigzagged. Before the 75 year, he had 71. That's what I'm saying. He's gone in the last four years. It's been 75, 71, 74, 72. Mm. And you have to remember, though, he has his competition seems to have fallen off. Because that one year, he had that dude... Um, not Kobayashi, the guy. There oh, was Matt Stoney. Yeah, Matt Stoney. Matt Stoney, didn't he beat him one year? Yep. Or he came very close? Did he, he beat, beat him? him? He beat him one year. 
Okay, so that guy was real competition, and then Chestnut went nuts again. And I feel like that guy, he's only eating like 50-something hot dogs every time, that guy. So I don't know if Chestnut... Only 50 hot dogs in 10 minutes. And don't forget, Chestnut hasn't... He usually went from restaurant to restaurant practicing for all these different competitions all year long. He's been in COVID, so I don't know. I, I don't think so. But then again, last year was in COVID, too, and he broke the record. So, My final question, Abe. Yes. Can you go longer without sex or mayonnaise? Uh, well, the answer would be sex, of course. Because <laughs> I've you gone love long- mayonnaise more than anybody I've ever met. Well, you know what I just discovered is Duke's mayo. It's delicious. What's that? It's just called Duke's. It's actually a company out of Richmond, Virginia, but it's like it's a, just another mayo. They might have it there in Boston, where you're at. I don't know, but. You should you should see if they have it because it's it's all over here in Chicago and I've always seen it and I always just buy Hellman's. You buy you buy Hellman's, of course, right? Hellman's, yes. This Dukes is. I mean, I still love Hellman's, but this Dukes is pretty good. Okay, Dukes mayonnaise, and all of a sudden our listeners are like, "I don't get that inside joke." Don't worry, you never yeah. ever will. The bottom line is, I eat a lot of mayo. <laughs> you can hear him Monday through Friday with the Angie Taylor on Rock 95.5 Chicago. Follow on Twitter at Abe Cannon, K-A-N-A-N. Treebark Falafel, we will see you in September, sir. Thank you, sir. That about does it for chicken dinner. Thanks to Abe Cannon, a.k.a. Treebark Falafel. I know we'll have him back relatively soon on the show. Record check, 153, 145 at 5. We are up two units, and we have nothing to play on Thursday night. Did sweep the board last night, and I'm thinking about, I'm not going to like officially play this, but I looked at the forecast for Coney Island. Hot and rainy on Friday and Saturday, which means for a muggy Sunday, and I get plus money to go under 73.5 on Joey Chestnut hot dogs. Eh, I'm thinking about it. It's going to be hot, humid, sticky. I'm not going to bet that, actually. But I would lean under. People ask me, oh, what do you like about the uh, hot dog eating contest? Well, I lean to the under. Put it that way. We will talk to, next week, Nick Costos from You Better You Bet and Barstool Big Cat will join Chicken Dinner. Two big guests. Cash some tickets. Make some money. We'll talk to you Tuesday right here on Chicken Dinner. Room.